Hello everyone, welcome to You, Me, Them, Everybody. My name is Brandon Weatherby. This episode with Jack Inslee continues our quest to watch sports documentaries. Sure. Okay, so the pandemic hits, obviously. Everything goes away. We both miss basketball. We, I miss baseball, etc. So in March or April, we start doing these regularly. We start with The Last Dance, and then we go from there. Well, recently... I decided to get in the holiday spirit, and because this film, because this special has Magic Johnson in it, revealing to us something probably more revealing than anything you've actually learned in The Last Dance, the most critically acclaimed 2020 sports documentary, I decided that it was time for Jack and I to rediscover Christmas at Pee-wee's Playhouse, aka Pee-wee's Playhouse Christmas special. It's on Netflix until the 17th, so you have a, if you're listening to this today, it comes out, you have like a day and a half left to rewatch it. It might be perfect. It is definitely the thing that Jack and I have watched this year that we've enjoyed the most. And regardless of your faith, regardless of your stance on the holidays, we think it is worth your time. If for nothing else, you learned one incredibly important tidbit about Magic Johnson. Look, it's Magic Johnson. Hi, Pee Wee. Hi, Magic. What are you doing in the Magic Screen? Magic Screen and I are cousins. Oh, yeah, it's the holidays. We have a Patreon account. Please consider donating at youmethemeverybody.com. It's on the About page as well. It's in this podcast description. This year has been brutal, probably more brutal than the Florida police were to Paul Rubens in uh, that theater in 1991. Here's the show. Have you seen this before? Nope. Really? Nope. How old are you now? 34. So, did you just miss Pee-wee? I, well, there's so much to say about this, first of all. <laughs> but um, in watching it, I had a theory that Pee-wee might not have been in my house because of the scandal. Yeah. I don't cause... know if it's true. I have to talk to my mom about that. I was never really um, exposed to Pee-wee as a kid. Mm-hmm. Wasn't really a part of the canon in our house. And I'm wondering if that's why. So Pee Wee Herman, for people my age, I'm 38, and I do think that really matters, was massive in the late 80s. And, yeah. And 91 is where the scandal hits. And right around there is like sort of when you would have been like prime age to be. I was five when the scandal happened. So yeah, right. Like you just yeah. missed the like massive legacy of that. And show. I talked to a few of the friends and realized not everybody knows about this. So mm-hmm. for about anybody that doesn't, in, yeah, in 1991, he was caught masturbating in an adult film theater by himself mm-hmm. in Sarasota, Florida, where his parents also lived and he was visiting them at the time. Um, and that kind of, depending on who you ask, derailed his career. He it 100% likes to say, derailed his career. I he just, likes to say he was already trying to, slow down on the peewee train and but i I don't know that seems like it it clearly derailed his career it did 100 percent. but hear me out um this so do you know the origin of the show or any of that or do you care yeah yeah i do okay um and i I did some digging on this and apparently you know he was into sketch comedy and was Mm -hmm. hanging out with phil hartman and others and trying out all these bits and peewee was supposed to just be a nerdy stand-up character that evolved into a kid's thing and then tim burton does a feature film with him in 85 Mm -hmm. 
and then it turns into I think originally it was pitched as a cartoon and Pee Wee or um sorry, um Paul was wanted a live action show and they greenlit it because the movie was such a hit. So knowing all that does that make you appreciate this special even more or less oh, or God. does it matter? Yeah, man. Okay. I'm all in on Pee Wee Herman after this. Yeah, it, I'm 100% back in. So I still remember as a nine-year-old when he did the 91 MTV movie, sorry, Music Awards, and he comes on stage and goes, heard any good jokes lately? Which is like one of the most brilliant pieces of yeah. stand-up ever. <laughs> and like, It was amazing. And then after that, the next time I remember Pee Wee, is I was like, is he in Batman Returns? And he is, but it's like that's not really it. It's in Mystery Men. Mm-hmm. And I loved Mystery Men, and I saw it in like the theater the first or second week it came out, and that was it. He apparently has just been like, you know, everyone's favorite comics, favorite comic for forever, mm-hmm. and people just in the industry absolutely love him. So and yeah, he had he, been getting work behind the scenes and these bit characters that no one really remembers, like you said, Batman Returns. I think mm-hmm. he was like Penguin's dad. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's crazy. also because it's a Tim Burton film. True enough. Okay, so he and he's been in a lot of stuff, like random stuff, and he was super popular with the comedy Bang Bang crowd for obvious reasons. And like his influence, I don't think could be overstated. And it's weird to yeah. think that now like in 2020 that like he's not credited every week drag race airs. He's not credited every single week. He's not just like adult swim should just be called Pee Wee Herman's kids. Yeah. Um, my wife you and I watched trace this. so much back to him. Oh it's God. Insane. Everything. Um, so my wife and I watched this, for, I think for her the first time since it aired like originally. And I was convinced only after watching it again last week that like, I think I wrote about this or I did a monologue about this because, like, I remember every single aspect of this thing, and I for sure did not watch this in 1988 when it premiered. Mm -hmm. So, like, why did this stick around with me so much? And I I cannot answer that. Because it's fucking awesome. That's why. I mean, I came into this blind not knowing anything other than you telling me Magic Johnson was in it. Mm -hmm. So everything was a surprise to me. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to borrow from Variety. Variety did an article where they called it inarguably the best and most significant holiday variety show of our time. I absolutely agree. Yeah, I can't think of it. Well, to yeah, I could think of a few, actually. There seems to be at least one or two on every major network every year. There's not one moment where you're like, I could do without this. Mm-mm. It's 1988. Almost half of ev- of the characters and guests that appear on screen are of color mm-hmm. non-white mm-hmm. diverse um it's it's so ahead of its time in so many ways really campy like way campier and like more queer and kind of like overt in some of the mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. suggestive jokes than i would have thought but in a kind of playful way um Man, just a fucking trip. So much of it, watching as a kid, went over my head. Of course, but did it? You know what I mean? That that's the oh, thing it totally did. The fruitcake joke, of course, it does. But it no, the fruitcake joke and the landing at the end is just perfect. <laughs> totally over my head. So everybody's bringing him a fruitcake as a gift. That's kind of the gag the whole episode. 
Yeah, and, and then, then you, you <laughs> and then he he's building a new wing of the playhouse made entirely of fruitcakes, and there are two men, two shirtless, mis- <laughs> two shirtless rip dudes, working on the fruitcake room. It's amazing. It's a perfect. Man. It's perfect. Um, so this, do you think the culture, the, the pop culture culture, was more progressive in 1988, or? Is the same people that are progressive now the same people that had all the control in 1988? I don't know, man. I think this is I think this is kind of in a vacuum. I think this is this is Paul Rubens, who you see in the credits is executive producer, producer, mm-hmm. writer, director. This is him. This is intentional. It was not a, a mistake or a product of anything. Like I think he was very intentional in being inclusive in being forward thinking. I, I like put this all on him. I don't think this is an 88 versus today thing. Um, see the reason why I'm going to, I keep thinking about this is because, uh, my friend and, and your acquaintance, Armando Gallardo is a photojournalist and he's been covering all of the count, all the vote conspiracy theory stuff in DC. And there was a thing over the weekend. I don't know if you saw you're in LA, I'm in DC and there were some violent clashes with prod boys. Yep. Which Proud Boys to me sounds like it's straight out of Pee Wee's Playhouse. It's true enough; they are totally villains in Pee Wee's. But like the, they're all. It's also the death of irony. It's not here nor there. The point is this: <laughs> I think that what when I watch this now, I, I think like, wow, nineteen eight was so much more progressive than it is now. But maybe now it's just like, oh no, there's this exact same people that control that control the lovers where you can get this on the screen. Those people are still there, except that there's now this is the double edged sword of it. Seemingly everyone can have a TV show via TikTok, Twitch, etc., making it seem like the culture itself isn't as progressive. Does this make sense? Yeah. Yes. That you see more of the ugly corners of culture now than you did then because yeah. Right, of course, because everything went through a Hollywood lens, and that's yeah. what you saw. And there was a thirteen channels, unless you had extra cable, and that's just that was it, mm-hmm. for sure. Okay, so like, whenever we're doing any of these sports documentaries or Pee Wee's Christmas special, um, I think if could it happen now? And I don't see Pee Wee's Playhouse happening now, even though there's an entire network that's seemingly based around his style of comedy. Could there be a kid's character that crosses over this massively that also has critical acclaim? The only one I can think of is fictional, and it's Smoochie from Death to Smoochie. Yeah, that's a great uh, you know film, what I mean? Like, It is, but I, I, I don't know. Film. I don't know. I mean, I thought about Little Nas X's holiday special. I mean, like, holiday specials continue to happen, right? Yeah. Um, but I guess if the question is, could Pee-wee exist now? Could know, someone man. like this exist now? Like someone that's playing a character, but pe- the majority of people don't know who Paul Rubens is. Dude, I'm here to be very hyperbolic about how fucking great Pee Wee is. <laughs> <And> like, <laughs> I think he's like a real once in a fucking lifetime talent. I, I, I mean, it feels like this only gets better with age and with time and we could still, or people will still be talking about it 30 years from today and looking back and going, what? Well, How? I mean, this thing is almost 30 years old. I know. That's what I'm saying. No, I but it is it, 30. It's 32 years old. Mm-hmm. I'm old. I'm another 30 years from now, it will still blow people's minds. Yeah. It's insane. 
Yeah. It's so good. It's it's timeless. I love this quote I found where he said he called his universe um, an in, his inclusive version of Norman Rockwell. Oh, that's nice. That, and that's that that really does it seems apt. It's like it has this classic timeless feel to it. Mm-hmm. But it's bizarro world where it's actually inclusive and not just, you know, in a way that feels forced. Everybody on the show looks like they're having so much fun. Including Magic Johnson. Yeah, that's the thing. That that, that crosses over so much. Like, you have the most important talk show host of all time with Oprah's on the same show as, up until that point, the greatest basketball, one of the top five greatest basketball players of all time on the show. And they're both game. They're both there to play. And it's just, oh, it's beautiful. It is beautiful. Magic Johnson cast as the cousin of the magic screen. It's amazing. (laughs) How good is that? Your musical guests are Grace Jones and Katie Lang. Can you think of two more badass queer icons? I know. Oh, I'm sorry. And the Del Rubio triplets. Who are great. Who are badass and cool in their own way. But And Charo. Oh, Charo. So everyone in this is perfect. How has... It's okay. unreal. So you're not a big RuPaul guy. You're not a big Drag Race guy. No, I'm not. I just don't watch the show. But I'm shocked that like this wasn't like this hasn't been parodied every single year on drag race in some way. So in interviews, Paul Rubens seems really adamant about not keeping his sexuality ambiguous and sort of blurring all all the lines Mm -hmm. around sexuality. And I think that's very ahead of its time. Oh, for sure. He's like, it's it's not binary. It's not a queer show. It's not a not queer show. It's just, well, at this point, drag race is. is no longer just a queer show. Mm-hmm. Drag Race has crossed over. I mean, RuPaul is the face of Old Navy 2020 ho- holiday pajamas. Like, that's not a joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the most mainstream you can get, to me at least. So, yeah, it's not just for gay people or straight people. It's for everyone. And if you're not a fan of Drag Race and you've seen it, like, you're you're not listening to this show anyways. You know what I mean? I'm not going to get to you. <laughs> you. <laughs> so... Uh, why do I love this stuff so much? Why do I, yeah, why do I love this stuff so much? This is, what is there not to love about this? When the set design itself. Oh my God, I was commenting that to my wife. Like every inch of this set is a dream. And it is not, it looks like you can see the like glue gun residue, like, and feel the human hand that went into every piece of the set. Okay, so do you think that if you could visit or live in any fictional set, house, whatever, what would be your, like, what would you actually want to live? Where would you want to visit? And what world would you want to live in? Does that make sense? Yeah, I don't think I've ever felt like I wanted to live in one of these worlds, to be honest. Mm -hmm. That's a cop-out answer. Um, Not even, like, the Cosby Show house? I was going to say divorced family kid, probably Mm -hmm. any one of the sitcom houses, with like a nuclear fan, like a full house or a family matters house. Where well, you got to think about it. Look, if it's a real place, that counts as like where you'd be living. So if it's the Cosby Show house, it's in Brooklyn. If it's the Full House show, it's in San Francisco. If it's the Family Matters house, it is in Chicago. Yeah, none, none really stand out to me, but I guess okay. those. I mean, this would be insane to live in Pee Wee's universe. Yeah, but if you're like an eight-year-old or a six-year-old watching this, like in theory when I was, like this is the best house of all time. Of all time. 
just it's the it's the oh it's so well done. Did you like how it predates Zoom but predicts Zoom? Yeah. <laughs> wow. I did not think about that. We do have virtual guests that appear by screen. Uh, now, yeah. I don't want to bum you out, but did you watch the 2016 um, uh, I said Pitchfork, Netflix Pee-wee film? No, but I read quite a bit about it. So okay. Judd Apatow and Pee-wee Herman or Paul Rubens make mm-hmm. a film called Pee-wee's Big Holiday, which mm-hmm. is not about the holidays. It's about him going on vacation and traveling the world, basically. Mm-hmm. Have you watched it? I have. Okay. It's fine. Well, he wasn't, Paul Rubens wasn't necessarily happy with it. It was not his script. That it wasn't his full idea. He has had the Pee Wee Herman return movie in his head for years that mm-hmm. he wants to make that nobody will make. And it's a dark script. He has this idea where Pee Wee Herman comes back. He gets big in Hollywood, becomes addicted to pills and becomes an alcoholic and goes to rehab. It's a dark film. So it's and- Bojack. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't read the script, but Judd Apatow is like, no fucking way, man. Like, that's not what the people want. Um, so Pee Wee kind of begrudgedly went forward with that movie. So I'm not surprised that it was sort of like a, eh. However, yes, apparently he is in discussion with the Safdie brothers to do the real movie he wants to. Oh, make. yeah. There we go. And if that happens, then we're really in for a treat. Here's the only issue with this. Dude is now 68 years old. Yeah. Yeah, okay. he's not happy about that either. He he apparently during the filming of the 2016 special, he was so upset watching the dailies. He's like, I'm not putting this out. Pee-wee cannot have wrinkles. Like, this can't happen. And they did like some anti-aging stuff or reverse aging stuff in post, and he was happy enough with it. But he said, he's like, I'm totally fine if Pee-wee only lives as a CGI character from now on. Ooh, that's fun. I like that idea. He's brilliant. Everything everything I've read from this man, every interview, every excerpt, it's like better than the last one I read. I can't believe it. Does this make you appreciate Magic Johnson more? <laughs> Magic Johnson did what he had to do. Um, <laughs> you know, this this is pre um This is pre AIDS. You know, pre retirement, pre AIDS Magic Johnson. But um yeah, what a likable, charismatic dude. Shows oh, up, plays the part. Does a great job. I know Holds that now note. we're all like, Kobe is the Laker. Like, no, dude, Magic is the Laker. No, it's Magic. It's still no gonna be way. Magic. No, the, there was something Magic about Magic, but really, well, he's um, the he's the cousin of the Magic slut. That'll do it, man. It runs in the blood, but he's just so infectiously kind of like happy in a way that I don't know. Even LeBron, who rocks, I love LeBron. I love Jordan. None of these guys kind of like were so bright in the way that Magic was on. Who could camera. do this now? Who could do this cameo now? Shaq. Shaq is the right answer. Yes. But current player, who could do this? Current now? player. Current player. It would probably be like Steph Curry or something. Yeah, that'd be fine. It would be fine, but there's that'd no Magic fine. Johnson today that could step into this and be what he is. I don't think. No. At least. No. It'd be kind of funny if they got Leonard to do it. Just like Kawhi. No, See, you just no selling. That. That's right. Ha ha. <laughs> um, 
think of the company Magic Johnson is keeping here. And this is before Magic Johnson was a billionaire. Yes. Right? He's just an exciting NBA player. Yeah. But now you look at him and his net worth, he's like, he's up there with Oprah. Yeah. And Whoopi, like all these others. He's like, yeah, Magic kind of like stayed at that level. He, you know, he belongs in this class. I know this is a f- messed up thing to talk about in the Pee Wee's holiday special, but like in 1990, it felt like AIDS was, HIV AIDS was a death sentence too. Yeah. Well, it, yeah. And comparatively was when he announced that in that very dramatic press conference, it was like, Oh shit. Magic Johnson is going to die by the end of the year. Yeah. That's how it felt. So Uh even looking back at that, like it's, it's it's weird to say like, it's easy to just like forget that part of magic in his entire story. But like, that's massive. Well, there's the South park joke um, where it's like, you know, there was a whole episode where they showed how to beat AIDS and it was Magic Johnson injecting money into his veins, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, it is easy to forget that now when we look at him and the big joke about him is how he's like a really corny and maybe self-aware Twitter account where he'll be like, the Los Angeles Lakers became champions when the buzzer sounded in the fourth quarter and they defeated the other team. <laughs> you know, It's like, that's the big joke about him now is he's kind of, goofy on twitter but i thought the big joke about him was like he completely sabotaged lebron's first year with the lakers i mean that's like an insider sports joke but you know twitter at large has appreciated his twitter account i think people forget about how heavy that shit was in the 90s yeah Yeah, people thought he was just you know uh had a walking death sentence yeah i am very glad that you spent 40 i think it's like 44 minutes with this special I mean, I spent more. I must have spent three hours in in Pee Wee's universe last night. Afterwards, forty nine minutes Christmas at Pee Wee's Playhouse. There's not one wasted second. Even the credits are great because it's sort of like a Letterman style credit, and mm-hmm. Letterman from the NBC version, and him and Santa are flying through the sky, and all of a sudden it's like the guest stayed at this hotel in L.A. and it it just like all of a sudden feels like you just watched an episode of Jeopardy. Yeah, man. Totally, and I love that Netflix kept all that in. Oh, God, it's so great. There's not... I can't stress this enough. There's not one wasted second. I love, love, love playing with identity because, like you said, this is, like, produced by Paul Rubens, directed by Paul Rubens, starring Pee Wee Herman as himself. (laughs) It's so brilliant. There's a handful of things in 2020 that are inspiring to me that make me want to create still for better or worse, this is one of those things, but this is an old thing. And the other two things sort of kind of relate. Um, David Lynch has a Netflix series coming out in, I think of March or April of 2021. It was like completely hidden, you know, like the only reason why anybody knows about it is because like Lynch super fans noticed the working title was patent or like copywritten. And now that was just announced. Like, so the fact that that dude is still like, following his muse and doing his thing makes me feel like, oh, you're not that old. And maybe more importantly, like it doesn't really matter. Just just do the thing that you've always wanted to do. Why would you stop just because you didn't hit X, Y, and Z? The other being Idols. Do you know who the band Idols is? Mm-hmm. Love Idols. And I think those guys are closer to our age than they are the majority of people playing festivals right now. And that is super inspiring too for obvious reasons. And the fact that Paul Rubens is still like following his muse when it comes to Pee Wee. And we get to watch this 32 year old special and it's aged perfectly. 
is oddly inspiring. It's inspiring for the holidays. It's inspiring as an artist or a lack thereof. It's inspiring for a streaming platform. There's not one way this this did not make me feel good. Agreed. Agreed. I've recommended it to everybody I know. I'm like, you have to watch this. This is just the best. And I'm not a Christmas special guy. I actually hate holiday programming, mm-hmm. holiday music. I'm not. It's not my thing. I don't really. I don't keep a Christmas tree. I don't really get into the spirit ever. Um, but I loved this. They also treated because every Christmas special has its. But the real meaning of Christmas yeah. is they all have this moment. Pee Wee blasted through it with kind of the like wink wink cynicism of non religious people who are like, okay, oh, yeah. whatever, but gave it the respect that a religious person would be like, oh, he covered it. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. They do it in a blur. And he checks all of the boxes. <laughs> all of the boxes. And funnier yet is the Hanukkah uh, segment of this, where I, I, you know, Paul Rubens is Jewish. And there's another kind of wink wink moment where like somebody comes in and teaches him about Hanukkah. And then. I think the woman is like, and this is going to be the Hanukkah segment where we sing the dreidel song. And then they like rush through the dreidel song and they're like, okay, we did it. <laughs> so great. It's so That's great. Very just genius, man. Like you said, not one wasted second. It, and the fact that it goes away from Netflix before Christmas is even better. Like this is going away on December 17th. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It goes away. That's one of the reasons Why? I wanted to get it in earlier. Why? Just because that's how the contract works. Aye, aye, aye. So it makes it even a better, like a special. You saw it while it lasted. I'm sure it's on YouTube because I remember watching this not that long ago. So like it's alive. It's around there. But Pee Wee's Playhouse Christmas special is Christmas at Pee Wee's Playhouse, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's a two different title thing. And I think there are still people our age who have residue from the unfair um, kind of stigma that surrounded him from that scandal from jacking off and not hurting anyone else right and i did find a really good article in the times the la times from 1991 by roger simon that seemed so ahead of its time it was like a police bashing sex positive take on this and it's good to know that even back then people got it where it was like this man did absolutely nothing wrong the article actually ends with the writer saying they say he touched himself. Big deal. I'd still rather shake hands with Pee Wee than the cops who arrested him. Hell yeah. And I'm like, so, that fucking rocks. All right. Pee Wee scandal happens this year. Does anyone care? Well, 2020, that'd be weird. He's like, how are you the only person in this theater? That So 2019. <laughs> 2019, no we're allowed to go to adult theaters. Does anyone give a shit? No, of course not. Or opposite, does Pee Wee become even bigger because he's clearly doing nothing wrong potentially i mean i started getting my tinfoil hat on last night and thinking like here's a guy who as you said was the biggest thing in children's entertainment Mm -hmm. at the time he is pushing diversity sexual inclusion all the things all the good things and just by some weird coincidence cops are waiting for him at i'm like it doesn't really add up Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm And you start to wonder, like, was this targeted? Did did somebody want him to go away? So, could you explain the Ewing theory to me? The Ewing theory is that the 1985 NBA draft was rigged, mm-hmm. and David Stern folded the corner of the envelope that had the Knicks name back when they used to spin a rotating thing and 
uh, you know, somebody would pick an envelope out of it so that they could feel for the bend on the corner and get Ewing to the Knicks. And that, and but the problem with that is he he doesn't flame out, but nothing. They don't ever win a championship. I mean, there's a million problems with that. It's just <laughs> not true. But I'm trying to think if there if there's a Ewing theory with Pee Wee's uh, jacking off in a theater bust. I don't yeah, I mean, think who, so. Who, who's president in 91? George H-W? Bush. Yeah. No, no, not W, you know just I mean? George Bush. Right. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. You know, like, I don't know. But it just feels weird. Why? Why? Yeah. Of all the CD movie theaters, of all the people that jack up in adult theaters back then, which was a thing that people did frequently, why in Sarasota? Why are they waiting for him? Why do they arrest him? Why? It just doesn't fucking add up to me. Yeah. So you're saying so, Pee Wee did 9-11. <laughs> I'm not going to no, end it there because I want to ruin something <laughs> that's already been very good. Um, I... I did know that Pee Wee appeared on an episode of Monday Night Raw, which sort of relates again to sports. God, it all comes back to wrestling and crap. <laughs> um, now that you're, are you going to jump on the Pee Wee bandwagon, even though the Pee Wee nostalgia was like a decade ago? Yeah, man, I'm all in. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, I'm all in. Thanks for th- the fact that I, we were able to do this because of Magic Johnson's like maybe 22nd appearance on the show. It was one of the shorter appearances on the show. I love it. I love it so much. I I, I love that. And um, that's it. Everything comes back to wrestling. Everything comes back to basketball. Yeah. Anyway, Shaq's in AEW now. (laughs) Oh, 